You are about to listen to episode 17 of Meet Mediocrity and my conversation with my colleague and friend, Tom Hines. Tom is a 60-year-old athlete. He's led a very athletic life, but not as a professional athlete. As a professional, he's a sales and business development executive. And in that role, he is a great communicator. So... There are messages in my conversation with Tom that go well beyond athletics, and we'll have a great time discussing them. So with that in mind, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Episode 17. When I started Meet Mediocrity, I'd hoped to create a platform for ordinary people to not give up on themselves, to recognize that we all have mediocre moments, mediocre stretches, or things that we're just simply mediocre at. But by meeting mediocrity and accepting mediocrity for what it is, It's simply a human moment or a human experience. We accept it and then press ahead. We can all create better versions of ourselves. Tom Hines, he's an athlete. As I said, he's not a professional athlete, but he, he is what I would call a lifetime athlete. He was an athlete in high school and he's an athlete still at the age of 60. I assume Tom will be an athlete for as long as he walks the planet Earth. Let me be honest. Observing the athleticism of someone like Tom typically makes me feel inferior because I'm not as strong as an athlete as he is, and frankly, I never will be. In fact, in talking to Tom, I wonder whether my high school self is the equivalent of his 60-year-old self when it comes to athletics. However... I approach this conversation with what I would call a very active ear. I was listening for life lessons and anecdotes I could apply to my own personal, unique circumstances. I would suggest you do the same. And after you hear the conversation that I had with Tom, we'll wrap up and review some of the key points. So, without further delay... Here's my conversation with Tom Hines. Okay, so Tom, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Mitch. Great to be here. So Tom, in the introduction, I talked about the fact that you're a 60-year-old guy. You work with me at work, and you've been very athletic throughout your life, but your, your athleticism has evolved over many years. So I didn't get into the details because I wanted you to save that for you, but could you give us a little bit of a high-level overview about your fitness journey over the course of your life? Sure. Um, it, it's it's a little bit like a Forrest Gump story almost in terms okay. of the, the different things that I've done over the course of my lifetime. So I grew up like a, a lot of kids playing baseball and football and that sort of thing. And I did that through high school. So I was a baseball player, football player, and basketball player. Um, 
I walked on in college because I love football. I wasn't great at it, but I just love football. Right. And I played for a couple of years uh, football, and then you played. Um, you played football. Inter- you played football in college. I played football in college for a couple of years. Yep. Okay. Um, and then after that, did intramural sports, and then you know graduated from school, and probably wasn't as active during that. You know, those few years after school. Um, and and one of the things I did that kind of changed my journey. Uh, was I got a job working for a running uh, running shoe store, and okay. I was around people that were in endurance sports and marathoners and that sort of thing. And I was just, you know, up until that point when you when you grow up playing baseball and football, et cetera, you don't, you know, you just didn't run distances back. Those then. are not endurance sports. Absolutely not. No, obviously, I think today there's more conditioning involved than there was when I played, but there was a lot of conditioning involved. Right. So um, anyway, so I got involved and started running far, you know, started doing runs. And I was amazed that I ran four miles one day. <laughs> and then I kind of got, you know, I kind of got the bug. And so from that point forward, I, I started, I was running and it was pretty much pretty, pretty shortly after that, I was watching on Wide World of Sports, the, the Ironman uh, World Championships in Kona, Hawaii, which to me, it just, it, it changed my life almost. I mean, looking back at it now, I didn't think it at the time, but I just couldn't believe that somebody could go 140 miles, uh, 2.4 miles swim, 112 mile bike and a full marathon after that. Yep. I never thought about doing it, but it just kind of planted a seed. Um, and then uh, I was probably about a year after that, I did my first, uh, Olympic distance triathlon, which is about a 0.9 mile swim, about a 24 to 26 mile bike and a 10 K run more of a novelty than anything. Just wanted to try it. So how old were you when you did that, Tom? I was, uh, 28 or 29 when I did that. So you're in your late twenties and you did your first triathlon an Olympic length triathlon. I did. And, um, I continued and I was just a middle of the packer. I just loved the challenge of it. I loved the community. I like the people that were around the sport and I like the challenge. I think that was a big part of it because I never saw myself as an endurance athlete. So I really enjoyed the challenge of being around those kind of people. Um, what was your, what was your, what was of of swimming, cycling and running? What was your most challenging, uh, sport? By far swimming. Um, I am a terrible swimmer. I'd never grew up swimming. And it's for those listening that, that do triathlon, and don't swim they can certainly appreciate this it's there's nothing more frustrating you go to the pool and you know you watch the youtube videos and you get in the pool and you get somebody that grew up swimming and they're gliding through the water (laughs) and i'm hammered away and and i say okay i'm really going to grind for this next hundred meters and you go about a second faster (laughs) you know with with biking that's biking and running yeah, biking and running, you just, you know, put the time in and, and put the miles in and you get better at it. But swimming is just the opposite. Well, you'd, be surpri- so. you'd be surprised, Tom. So I grew up as a swimmer. I was lucky um, in that regard because when I went to triathlons much later in life, I didn't have to worry about swimming. But I really stink at running. And it's such a it's such a natural you know thing. You just have to walk fast and you become a runner. Right. And I'm just not. I mean, I'm a little bit of a big guy, and that's part of the problem. But um, you know, I admire the fact that you're able to run. You admire the fact that I'm able to swim. It's interesting Absolutely. how people come at this from completely different angles. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I you think d- run. Sorry, Dad. No, you go ahead. I was going to say. I also think that that overcoming that running mental barrier is mental. 
I think that, you know, even including my myself, I think when I, and I'll, I'll quickly tell the story, um, jump forward a number of years when I did my first Ironman race, you know, I never thought I'd be able to do a full Ironman. And so um, I was out of triathlon and I've retired from triathlon probably three or four times. Retired um, three or four times. I like that. I, I, I have, because you have to, as you know, Mitch, you have to really, I don't know, they're just, you have to feel it. You have to really want to be doing it. You can't, you can't dabble in triathlon, especially when you do um, long course races like right. half Ironman or full Ironman. You just can't dabble. You can dabble in sprint distances, but I mean, it's a full-time job to put the training in to do the, the longer races. And right. this was going back when I did my first full distance Ironman. It was kind of, that was by mistake as well. It was uh, the Ironman events. They fill up very quickly. Yes. Um, some of the events they'll fill up within, you know, an hour after they open up. And when I decided I thought I'd like to try one, I saw that I couldn't get into one. And I worked with a guy at the time whose daughter worked at uh, Ironman, the company. the company. And he okay. said, well, I think I can get you in. And I'm like, great. You know, so I got an email like two days later, said, congratulations, you got a spot in the Ironman Louisville. And at that point, I had no choice. <laughs> so it was <laughs> overcoming in. to, your, to your, your comment about the running. It was getting over that mental block of being able to to do a 10, 15, 18 mile training run, because before that, you just never would think you would do it. Right. So when did you, how old were you when you did that first full length Ironman? I was 49. 49. That's amazing. Okay. So, so you were on and off various lengths of triathlon throughout your thirties and your forties. Right. And, and then there was a period of time in which I, I was playing more hockey than doing triathlons. Like I said, the kind of the Forrest Gump story, you know, I did triathlon for a number of years. And then as I started to have kids, my kids started getting involved in hockey and I started getting involved in hockey and started coaching their teams. And I started playing in the adult league and I was skating three or four times a week. And I did that for about seven years until we moved on to Atlanta, which there wasn't a lot of hockey down there. So I took a little bit of a departure from triathlon during that period of time. That was my, probably my first, my first or second uh, retirement at that point. <laughs> so it sounds like, you know, throughout your life, you had a bunch of different things that kept you fit. So whether it was team sports at a younger age, triathlons at, at one point, playing hockey, you know, your fitness, you, you maintain fitness all different ways. Were you... Are you the type of person who's kind of like, look, as long as I'm active, it's good? Or are there periods of time when you're like, you know, I'm a hockey player, I'm going to be like an amazing hockey player, or I'm a triathlete, you know, I want to win my age group. Like, tell me a little bit about how you approached these various fitness endeavors. You know, is, is it just kind of all around fitness or, are, you know, are you a hard driving goal setting and making person? I think it depends on the different periods in my life. And I think others might go through this too. There are some periods and I was, you know, for there going back, maybe, I don't know, four years ago, uh, I was convinced that, you know, my, my days of competitive sports were behind me and I'm going to start doing yoga and walking. Mm -hmm. And so there was a period of time, which I really wasn't competitive. Okay. And I did it because I knew I had to take care of my body as well. You know, watch what you eat and sleep and, and exercise. So I really wasn't being driven by anything competitively. 
But really, the, the periods of my life when I have competed is when I have found the most fulfillment in my life, is I guess the best way to put it. Okay. Um, I just, it just drives me. And, and my wife kind of jokes with me because she'll say, oh, are you, you're Mr. Triathlon guy this, this year, <laughs> or you're Mr. CrossFit guy this year. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, it's, you know, I know I go from one sport to the other, but it kind of keeps me motivated right now. I'm, you know, I'm all, I love CrossFit. Um, and I'm very involved in CrossFit right now, but that could change in the future. I've got my bike in the basement. I've got my Zwift. I rode yesterday. I may be back doing freight races again. I'm still dabbling whether I want to race again this year or not. So it changes, I think, with the season and what's motivating me. Well, a couple of things there. First of all, I have a Zwift workout that will be happening in my basement this evening. So I'm with you on awesome. that. But, awesome. Um, I want you, before I get into, so you've mentioned a couple of things that I'm interested in. I definitely want to um, dive a little bit more into CrossFit. But before we do, you told me this great story once we were hanging out and you were telling me about the one time that you won your age group in a triathlon and you missed the, uh, you missed the success of it. Tell me, tell me what, yeah. it's a great story. So can you tell that again? Well, there's, there's, there's one I told you what I didn't tell. I tell you both of them. So the okay, first cool. one was, um, there was a neighborhood I lived in over in Novi, Michigan, and it was called Island Lake was in my subdivision. And they sponsored a local sprint distance triathlon. Okay. And so this is when I was training for the Ironman. So I was in really good, really good form, really good shape. And um, they also, in addition to the age group champions or the age group winners, they also had a winner of the neighborhood. And there was another guy that lived in the neighborhood that we were kind of rivals. We kind of saw each other parties, but really wouldn't talk to each other because <laughs> we were always competing. He was a great swimmer. He was a great swimmer. And so um, that year I ended up winning the neighborhood um, triathlon. And um, I went, I went to the pool that afternoon, you know, the clubhouse pool. And I thought that everybody would be, you know, congratulating me on the great win, but no, even nobody even knew who I was. So it was my first, it's like you, but I guess it was the internal satisfaction of winning. But then the other one I told you about is, um, so I started getting back into a longer course races a couple of years ago and, um, to do a warm up for this last season, I uh, entered what's called the power man series, which is a, it's a 10 K run, a 60 mile bike followed by another 10 K run. So it's a biathlon. Two yeah. mm -hmm. Yep. And, um, this particular day, um, it was about an hour and a half drive. My wife's like, Hey, you can go, but you got to be home by a certain time. We're having people over for dinner. And for those of you that have been around any kind of race, you know, at the end of the race, they have the podium and the first place and third fin finishers get a, some sort of award or medal. But it takes a while and, because they go through every age group, men and women. It's a process. Well, plus they got to wait for one to finish. That's, so before right, they put exactly. the, before they have the the awards given out, they you know out of respect for all the athletes, they wait for one to finish. So I finished the race. I had no idea how I did. It's the first time I've ever done that distance race before. I was hanging around for a little bit while, and um, I looked at the watch and I got to get home. So I left and came home, and went online later that night and found out that I won my age group. <laughs> which is the only the one time I had a chance to be on the podium I couldn't be because I had to come home and help my wife get ready for a dinner. You see, so, uh, that's a classic story. I have to yeah. tell you, this is one of the benefits that I have, Tom. I never finish anywhere close to the podium. So as soon as I finish, 
I can leave. I'm safe. <laughs> there's no medal. There's no picture on the podium going on Facebook for me. Um, but but to actually achieve it and miss it, that's a funny story. Yeah. Um, but the second, the, so I also wanted to move. You, you mentioned you threw out CrossFit. So I know that you love CrossFit, but I have to be honest with you. I look at those CrossFit people and I think two things. Actually, I think three things. A, I can never do that. B, those people are nuts. And C, don't they all in, get, get injured because they're putting their bodies mm -hmm. through so much, so much rigor. So, you know, some people I'm sure who are listening know all about CrossFit. I only know a little bit about CrossFit. So tell me a little bit, Tom, if you will, how you got into it and what it's all about. Yeah, and, and I, I, I felt some similar things about CrossFit before I got involved in it as well. Um, the way I got involved in CrossFit was um, at, at our work, we, have, um, we work with a company called GymPass. And the way GymPass works is you pay a monthly fee and there's different levels. And you pay that monthly fee and for access to Pilates studios, yoga studios, gyms, snap fitness, a lot of different uh, fitness places that are within your area. So the way it works is you download it on your phone. It uses GPS. You pull up the app once you join, and it will tell you at that point in time the gyms that are within whatever 10-mile radius of where you are that participate in Gym Pass. It's great for people that travel because when you're going to be in Chicago, you want to work out, you want to go to CrossFit gym, you pull up the app, you can see the five CrossFit gyms you can go to. And it's relatively inexpensive. It's about 90 bucks a month considering a CrossFit gym costs about 200. So I was never going to join a CrossFit gym. I didn't want to spend that much money because I didn't think I'd like it and didn't think I'd use it. So I did the gym pass thing. I finished a half Ironman in July last summer. The race I was going to do in August uh, got canceled, so I thought I'm going to try this thing and maybe try to get a little bit stronger because as you get older, you know, strength is really important, especially for swimming. So I went up to this CrossFit. They call them boxes in CrossFit, not gyms. Okay. And I met the the owner of the gym and um, of the he box. He said, "Yeah, the box. Yeah, at the at the, the box. <laughs> at the box. Okay. And and he said, uh, you know, he told I told him what I was trying to do. He said, absolutely, you know, come on by and they do some before you can participate in the actual CrossFit class, you've got to, they got to make sure you're not going to get hurt. So right. CrossFit, uh, there's Olympic lifting in CrossFits and those are typically tend to be pretty technical. And so they want to make sure you understand how to do all that stuff. And so I started doing CrossFit and I'm starting to think, well, I kind of like this. And it was funny because when you do triathlon, you're kind of, you know, you're always, it's a, it's a weight power ratio. Um, yes. Or Lance Armstrong explained that once. And so you look at guys in the Tour de France as an example. I mean, they're real thin, but they have a lot of power. And so right. when you're doing biking or running, the, the weight, weight power ratio is really important. And so I was always trying to keep my weight down in triathlon. And I was typically, I mean, my weight ranges from 153 up to 185 typically over the last 15 years. Okay. And so, you know, I was down at mid 150s really watching my weight. And then with CrossFit, because it is, you do put on mass because of the strength training. And so now I'm up to about 170, but it's, my clothes still kind of fit the same. So it's not weight you put on muscle that you're gaining fat, you're gaining muscle. So yep. it's kind of a different kind of fitness. Well, it's amazing because, you know, I'm, a, I'm a bigger guy. I mean, I, for me, you know, I'm, when I'm in, when I'm in a lightweight for me, it's like six foot two, fifteen to 20. 
And, you know, for me, you know, I dropped 10 pounds and cycling and running are so much easier. So, cause, cause you don't, you know, if oh, you, yeah. as long as you keep the muscles and, and you lose some of that fat, that power weight or weight power ratio you were describing makes a huge difference. So Tom, you've put on some muscle. Um, how do you feel? Like how is CrossFit working for you just how, you know, physically and, and emotionally, how do you feel doing it? I feel great. I mean, I feel stronger than I've ever felt in my life. Um, at 60, that's kind of sounds strange saying that, but I never, you know, I played football when I was very young. So, you know, you did what you thought was weightlifting back then, but you know, now it's much more technical and much more advanced. And I think you're, I'm much more paying much more attention to what I'm doing. And I've got a coach that I'm working with and I competed in the CrossFit open in October only after being in CrossFit for about three months. And I did okay. Um, I probably finished in the top, probably the top third. Um, so my goal is to get to the CrossFit games, um, which oh, will either be crazy. I've seen them. So, on TV. I mean, it, it's a reach, but for my age group, I've, there's a, you know, there, it's possible, but it's going to be pretty much a reach, but I feel great. Now I will say to your other, your other point about being injured, um, it is, you got to be really careful um, not to push yourself too hard. Um, I've had some minor injuries. I've had, you know, some wrist tendonitis, um, not too bad in the shoulders. But the funny thing was I had some some hip mobility issues. So I went to a physical therapist and the physical therapist actually just about herniated a disc in my back. So I got hurt at the physical therapist not doing CrossFit. So <laughs> I was uh, I was a little bit on the sidelines not completely. I was working out every day, but I couldn't do some of the deadlifts and back squats and that sort of thing. So you do have to be careful uh, with it. You've got to really manage the weight. If you got a good box and a good coach, they're not going to let you go too heavy because you can definitely get hurt um, if you don't know what you're doing. So the you know my perspective on CrossFit is, is you know it's a boot camp style session. I mean, tell me a little bit about like what, what a tip, you know, if I was, if I was interested in, in starting CrossFit, like what is a typical class? Like what could I expect as a newbie? So the way CrossFit is defined and there is a definition for it, it's constantly varied functional movements performed at high intensity. That's how, that's the official CrossFit definition of what CrossFit is. Okay. Um, and so what a typical class is, there's about 10 minutes of stretching and mobilization, depending on what workout you're going to do that day. And that could be doing hip openers, your thoracic openers, shoulder openers, if you're doing anything from hanging, any kind of hanging exercises like pull-ups. Um, and then after the warm-up, there's typically a strength exercise. And that a lot of times is when they use the Olympic uh, lifts. So a deadlift, a, um, um, uh, back squat, front squat, uh, shoulder press, push press. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you also do more compound movements, which are like cleans and, um, snatches and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, and that's typically 10 to 15 minutes. And then you go into what's typically called the WAD and in CrossFit, the WAD means the workout of the day, also referred to as a Metcon, which is metabolic conditioning. And that's when you see people on the ground after the exercise, after the workout is over. And those are typically anywhere from as, as, as short as seven minutes to as much as 30 minutes, but typically between 15 and 20 minutes. Okay. And that's when they do high intensity, um, different types of movements. So that could include anything from... You get on the on the on the they, we have assault bikes, which are the 
the bikes that you pedal in, you use the arms at the same time. So you could do 20 calories on the bike. You could get off and do 20 pull-ups. You could get off and do 20 cleans. And you do that for 15 minutes and you're competing really against yourself, but everybody else in your class is working against the clock. Right. So you're trying to get in as many reps as you can in that period of time. And there's something about when you're done with that, that brings you together, no matter if you're brand new to CrossFit or been doing it for 10 years, you feel part of something. And I know, I, you know, being a triathlete, being an endurance triathlete, you spend a lot, and you know this, Mitch, you spend a lot of time on the road by yourself. Alone. You just do. It's a lonely right? sport. Yes. Yeah. It's a very lonely sport. Some of that I used to like. And I didn't think I really would care about the whole camaraderie of the class. And those of you, um, I've heard one of your other podcasts about um, your niece who does Orange Theory. Orange Theory is similar, right? It's it's this kind of this group thing. You're doing something together, experiencing it together, and it really creates a bond. And I think that is something very unique to CrossFit that I really enjoy. I didn't think I would. But it, there's just something about it in um, – I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast once and he said something funny. He said, he said, CrossFit is the, is the opposite of a fight club. He said, you know, the rule of fight club is first rule. Never talk about fight. That's right. (laughs) He said, he said, he said, I think the first rule of CrossFit is always talk about CrossFit (laughs) because (laughs) as soon as you meet someone that does CrossFit, you can't shut them up. They just keep talking about it because the impact it has on their life. And I, I get it. I mean, I completely get it now that I'm really into it. Well, that, you know, that's, that's the interesting part here. And so, you know, I, I find triathlon training to be lonely. I often am looking for groups. In fact, this year before this uh, virus scare, I just joined the master swim group because I wanted to at least have some camaraderie in the pool and I love riding with my bike club, but riding with a bike club is not the same as training on a bike for a triathlon. There's no drafting in triathlons, et cetera. So I like the fact that you, you've got that community. Tom, you've, you're, you've been doing it now for a little while. You've become, you know, at least, at least you're beyond a rookie stage at, at um, CrossFit. You have rookies who walk in, you know, how are they welcomed? How does that, you know, how does someone who's nervous and and trying it for the first time, how do they get kind of brought into the group? Yeah. And I think that's a misconception a lot of people have about the sport. And, you know, there's a term in CrossFit called fire breathers. Okay. Which which are, you know, those that are just super intense. And there are those people that are in CrossFit. If you have Greg Glassman is the guy that started CrossFit. And if you hear Greg, um, anyone is interested, go on YouTube him and hear him talk about CrossFit. He cares much more about people like me than he does about the elite athletes because he recognizes the impact that fitness can have on longevity. And so therefore, you know, the CrossFit, if you go to CrossFit.com and they do the workout of the day, they, it's, it's for anybody that's just, you know, getting up, you know, we talk about back squats with 225 pounds of weight. Well, how does a back squat start? Well, it starts by getting up and off the couch 20 times. Right. It's something as, as little as that. And, um, you know, box jumps when you're jumping on a box 24, 30 inches, how does that start? Well, that starts by stepping up on a pillow. I mean, it's literally, that's how the exercise is scaled. 
And I think people that haven't done it before that are interested, you know, check out local boxes or gyms around your place. But I have found them to be a very welcoming community. And I'm on the, you know, I'm old. I'm an older athlete. There's no question about it. There's a couple of us at my gym that are my age. We kind of hang out together. But even the younger athletes that are there, they're so welcoming and they're, they, they, they love the idea that somebody who's older is coming and someone that, and I have found as new people have come to the box that I go to, you watch them get welcomed into the community. And there's just just something unique about it. It's, it's much better than going, we have lifetime fitnesses here. And, you know, that's not welcoming at all. It's everybody kind of doing their own thing. And yes. Um, and I Although know there's, there's a lot of stuff. That, there's a lot of stuff going on at a lifetime fitness. You could spend half a day there, but you could also spend half a day and not speak to anyone. Absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And I just found the the community around Cross CrossFit is is just very welcoming and and they do the exercises that I described earlier, they have what's called a prescribed exercise for the day and they, they recommend a weight. So if you're gonna be doing any kind of weightlifting, they will recommend what weight you use, but then they have what's called the scaled version. And the scaled version is whatever works for you. There's a lot of people that I work out with, and I started this way too, that have an empty barbell. There's no weights on it because you're first don't have any strength and you're learning how to master the moves. Nobody looks down at you at all. There's it's just I think that's a misconception that, you know, everybody's a fire breather. And uh, I'm convinced that um, CrossFit is, is the uh, the probably arguments here, but there's 10 fundamentals of fitness that um, I've, you know, they talk about in CrossFit, cardiovascular, stamina, strength, flexibility, power, speed, coordination, agility, balance, and accuracy. And when you look at triathlon as an example, sure, your cardiovascular, stamina are for sure what you work on. But when you look at the other eight, there's really not a lot of strength work in Ironman triathlon. True. If you're if you're stretching, there's some flexibility. There might be some power, but not a long course stuff. So I'm not going to go through all of them, but all of those 10 uh, fundamentals of fitness you participated with with CrossFit. So it doesn't matter what level you're at. I think it's the best overall training that you can do. So that's really amazing, and it and it sounds Tom like you know if you're a newbie, they will tailor you know they will assign a coach to you they will tailor the core the the training to you so you can evolve at your own pace in a safe way absolutely great and there's a facebook page you know as an example i'm on there's a there's a facebook page for everything but um, (laughs) i'm part of a facebook group for crossfit master 60 plus so it's those that are 60 over that are in crossfit and the cele- how we celebrate each other and the accomplishments we have are different than those that are of twenty course. to thirty. <laughs> but, of course, and there's more, um, and there's more than five of you. I'm sure. I'm assuming. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so here we are um, in the middle of this uh, COVID nineteen global crisis, and I assume that your CrossFit gym box is closed or on a very limited schedule. Um, how are you managing remotely? Well, the guy that owns um, our box is a, and a lot of CrossFit owners are doing this. Um, as soon as the the um, shelter in place went into effect, and they closed down the gyms, he had everybody who wanted to grab some equipment come to the gym, and grab whatever they wanted. Um, and so, 
Um, a lot of us went and picked up some kettlebells or some dumbbells or some barbells or some ab mats, a different kind of equipment they use for CrossFit. And then he does a YouTube workout of the day video every day and posts it on an app that a lot of CrossFitters use called SugarWad. And so we actually are doing the same work, not the exact same workout because we don't have all the weights that they typically use, but we're using a lot of more body weight type exercises. And we do those on a daily basis. We log our results as we would do on a daily basis. And we post those. And so there's a lot, you know, the, the community is still staying together. Um, we're going back for people that want to get additional equipment. And, you know, you can, he's there every day for a couple hours a day. And um, so we've really been able to maintain it. Now, today I couldn't join because it was during the workday. But he did a Zoom workout today where everybody worked out together virtually. So I'm kind of interested. There's no one coming up on Friday I'm going to try to do. So we're doing what we can to try to keep the community together and make sure everybody's staying fit. Well, that's that's really fantastic. And I'm seeing more and more of that. I think, you know, people are getting a little stir crazy. I think that staying fit is good for your physical fitness, but also your mental wellness. <laughs> especially with with the stress all around us with you know the virus and and you can't turn on the tv without seeing the news which is not fun so these virtual trainings are great and and tom i'm actually starting to believe that even you know if we're god willing the the world gets a little bit more back to what we were used to as normal this virtual stuff is going to become a lot more commonplace. I mean, people are getting good at it and people are using it. Yeah, I mean, I was having a conversation with somebody earlier this week, and I think a lot of the, the new ways of working are going to be regular ways of working once we go back to work. Yeah. Um, so it is. I mean, this is going to be a game changer for us. I think the one thing it doesn't substitute – at least in CrossFit is the community aspect of it. And the same thing with, with, you know, um, with iron, with uh, triathlon training as well, where you do work in groups, but I think that's less impacted because it is such a solo sport that as long as you've got a bike and you can run, you can still continue to train. But right. I agree. Some of the things we're doing virtually right now is just, that's going to not change going back. Well, this is, this is great. Um, I want to thank you, Tom, for, for joining. There are a couple of things that, that I really love. First of all, the fact that you're 60 years old, as active as you are, and you're trying new things and excelling at them. That's awesome. And I really appreciate you introducing me to CrossFit because, to be honest, you know, I'm an athletic person, but I've, until this conversation, I've always been intimidated by CrossFit. And I'm a lot less intimidated now having spoken to you about it. So I appreciate that as well. Yeah, I'd really encourage you to try it. Too bad you weren't in Detroit. You could go with me once the boxes open back up. <laughs> there's, there's one nearby me here on Long Island. So um, I could totally give it a try. Um, Tom, Definitely. thanks for taking the time to speak with me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity, Mitch. All right, take care. I promised we would regroup after my conversation with Tom. So here I am. Personally, I listened for some nuggets that I could apply to my situation, and frankly, there were quite a few. Here's a couple that resonated with me, and I hope resonated with you. So I counted and I wrote down seven useful insights, but I'm going to choose three of them for this summary. First, Tom loves challenges, and he approaches those challenges with enthusiasm. 
to him, tackling the challenge is the joy, not necessarily the speed to a specific goal, or even whether or not he reaches that goal. It's the joy of the challenge. Second, it is perfectly fine to retire, unretire, re-retire, and repeat as it relates to wellness activities. We're not Joe Montana playing his final years with the Chiefs or Michael Jordan on the Wizards or now Tom Brady on the Buccaneers. We're just ordinary people on our life journeys. There's no pressure. There's no spotlight. Just follow your heart where it takes you from a wellness perspective. If you want to retire, retire. If you want to start again, start again. If you want to start something else, start something else. It's all good. Third, it's great to have a temporary passion. This year it's running a 10K. Next year it's focusing on yoga. Next year it's reading more books. Next year it's eating less carbs. And frankly, it doesn't even have to be year to year. It doesn't have to be chronological. The point is, do you. Respect yourself and add or subtract the wellness activities that float your boat, that suit you. The key is to just keep doing what you need to do to be your best self at that point in your life. Anyway, I can go on and on, but for now, here's the wrap. If you enjoy Meet Mediocrity and you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe and please tell your friends. And please... Follow our daily posts on at Meet Mediocrity on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you like our posts, click like, comment on the posts, and share them with your friends. And finally, until next time, this has been Mediocre Mitch, hoping that you'll stay happy, stay positive, stay healthy, keep smiling. Have a good day.